Hey everyone, welcome to the Whole Health Empowerment Project podcast. I'm your host, Trisha, registered dietitian, nutrition coach. This podcast is for busy women like you with a desire for achieving better whole health balance. In this podcast, you'll learn practical tips to get you started, motivation to keep you inspired, and guest interviews that will empower you to take action. Come join me in failing forward one tiny step at a time into the journey of health, wellness, and self-care. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, we'll be talking about the mom trifecta, self-care, nutrition, and physical activity. Together, these three components create a foundation for mental, physical, and emotional well-being. Most of us know that all three of these are important, but when life gets really crazy and busy and uncertain, I think even though these things make us feel better and we know that they make us feel better, they often become the last thing we focus on on our priority list. I know this from firsthand experience. I'll share a little bit of the story now because it will it will allow you to understand the importance of why these three things are something that I'm going to talk about today. So when I was in my third trimester of my pregnancy, I ended up with a non-weight-bearing um, status and and I was on crutches for about a year, a year and a half related to a fracture that I sustained. So a year after my son was born, because of that injury, I needed to have a hip salvaging procedure. And although I knew and I knew about nutrition, I've studied nutrition, I'm a dietitian, I knew about physical activity, I have a degree in kinesiology. So I, for me, it was something that I really knew about and the self-care part was non-existent at all. And I thought that I would be okay because I knew those two things, but I wasn't because what I was starting to understand was all three of those things together are important. So I was struggling. I was disconnected. I was overwhelmed. And my emotional well-being was so far down on the list of what I prioritized that I didn't even think about what the aftermath of having that procedure would look like for me. In my head, I think I thought, great, I'll have this procedure and then I will go about and my life will be normal whatever normal is as having a one-year-old. I knew I would need help, but I just kept telling everybody and myself that I would be okay, that I would recover quickly and everything again would be back to normal. So to give you some context to my emotional state and how disconnected I was, I basically had no recovery plan in place to help me take care of my son or myself. So I just figured... I would come home from the hospital after my procedure and I would just go about my normal life. I just assumed that if I had pain, I would just be able to manage it. I mean, how hard could it be, right? I had had a C-section with my son and I recovered okay. I just figured that I would pick him up from daycare that day, like a normal day, and that I really wouldn't require any time to recover for myself. I didn't even have anything in place of who was going to take care of him that night because I just figured I would be fine. I also need to mention here that I, in my first year of having my son, I needed so much help that I think some of what also played into this lack of self-care was that I didn't want to ask for help. 
because in general, I have a really hard time asking for help, but because I had utilized so much help that previous year, I think that I was just trying to minimize how much help I continued to require. And I felt bad asking for additional help. Does this sound familiar to anybody? Because, or is this just something that I do? And what I realized is, is that I would kind of spread out who I used for help so that I wouldn't overburden any one person. But I think in also doing that, I was hiding from myself and from other people how much I was really, truly struggling. So of course I go in on this day for this procedure. Thank God my friend Kate, my dear friend Kate was here helping me because the whole entire post-recovery just completely backfired on me, which of course it did. I had nothing in place. So the aftermath looked something like this. I was in much more pain than I anticipated. I needed someone to help me. And I also, you know, needed someone to take care of me and my son. I was out of commission, something I, I didn't anticipate. I hadn't even really thought about it. Fortunately for me, again, my dear friend Kate, she was much more aware of her emotional needs and she was much more in tune with my emotional needs. And she was able to see how ill-prepared and disillusioned I was. And she rallied my friends and family to help me through this time period. So you think I would have learned that this trifecta was important at this point, but Knowing doesn't equal doing. So you can know anything in the world, but it doesn't mean that you will actually do it, right? So for me, even though I knew what to do at this point, I had suffered through and you would think that I would have learned, I still wasn't taking care of my emotional well-being. And I just continued to cascade into other behaviors. So you know, now I am, I'm not really able to move. So my physical activity was limited from the surgery and the self-care suffered even more because I hopped right back into working full time. And I went back to work way quicker than I probably should have, because I was worried that I would lose my job because I had already taken all this time off for my pregnancy and just other things. So I went back and I probably shouldn't have. And I think that that probably led to a slower recovery for me. And I ended up gaining weight because I wasn't doing physical activity and I was overeating and binge eating because that's kind of how I was dealing with my emotional well-being. I was just kind of eating. And I finally realized that I just needed to kind of do something that was a little bit more long lasting than eating. And so I decided, you know, I think the only thing that really made me pursue this path of self-care wasn't really even for me. It was for my son, as terrible as that probably sounds. But I knew in order to be a good mom for him, I needed to take care of myself. And as a side note, I want to mention the whole knowing doesn't equal doing kind of concept because I had a therapist during this time. I had a long-term therapist that I had been seeing for many years. And at any point in time, I could have contacted him and he would have helped me. But I think that I was even hiding. I was so, again, I was just so disconnected. I was hiding it from myself that I wasn't even contacting him to help me. And because I was on crutches and I had a newborn and I wasn't asking for help, all of those things kind of cascaded into me not taking care of myself in any way. 
So I, I scheduled an appointment and I went back to him. And of course, he helped me kind of get back on track. And I knew that I needed to change some of my behavior and to kind of get this self-care part kind of going. And I wish I could say that I had this huge aha moment and immediately I changed my behavior, but that's not really what happened. There was no immediate change for me because I just kept fighting all along the way of putting myself first and making me a priority. But over time, I began to really understand the importance of these three things, self-care, nutrition, and physical activity, and the beneficial impact they would have on my life when I actually made them a priority. I already had experienced what would happen if I didn't make them a priority. So what did I have to lose for actually putting myself and putting all three of those first? First part of this trifecta that we've talked about is self-care. So what is self-care? I looked online for definitions and they varied so much. I found a combination of aspects that made the most sense to me, which is self-care, the practice of taking a deliberate action to preserve or improve our physical, emotional, and mental health. Examples of self-care include getting adequate sleep, making time to do an activity that you love, learning something new that you've been always wanting to try but you've been putting off, spending time with friends, reading a book that you've wanted to read, journaling your feelings, meditating so that you feel like a sense of calmness and in tune with yourself, putting away your phone at night so that you're present with your family, or it could mean, as it did for me, asking for help when you feel like you need it the most. Why is self-care important? Well, self-care, I'm realizing, helps us refuel, rejuvenate. It helps with self-esteem and confidence. And it helps us better be able to manage stress and all the uncontrollable situations that life will inevitably bring us. And it helps us feel vulnerable and able to cope and identify our true feelings. And as you've seen, you know, I've experienced what happens with no self-care and can lead to things like anxiety and depression and anger and tiredness burnout, and decreased motivation. And again, as I've demonstrated in my story, a feeling of being overwhelmed and disconnected from what I wanted or even what life was about. So these are just some basics related to self-care. And I'm going to have a more in-depth discussion about self-care in an upcoming episode with a professional who knows more about self-care than I know. The second part of this trifecta is nutrition, or more importantly, balanced nutrition. So this is something that I love talking about. As you know, I'm a dietitian, so I really believe in the importance of balanced nutrition and just nutrition in general and good health. So what is nutrition? Nutrition is getting nutrients we need to nourish the body by the foods that we eat in our diet. So these include things like carbohydrates, proteins, fats. I'm sure you've all heard of them in the past, as well as other nutrients that when we consume them, they go into the cells and the cells use them for what they need them for. Carbohydrates include foods like breads and cereals and pasta and quinoa 
and fruits and veggies and some milk products. So carbohydrates are, they're really useful because they help break down glucose, which is the main energy that our body likes to use. And they also provide very many vitamins and minerals that our body needs. Protein is another important part of nutrition that we need. And that's typically found in red meat and chicken and turkey and cheese and vegetarian options like eggs and fish, tuna, salmon, veggie burgers, beans, and tofu. And protein is important because protein is used as building blocks for our bones and muscles and skin. And our body needs protein to build and repair our tissues. And lastly, we have fat. And fat typically has more calories per serving size, but fat is needed. It's also something that's needed and really shouldn't be avoided. So fat is considered things like avocado and nuts and oils and whole milk. And fat is really important because we have vitamins in our body that are fat soluble. These are vitamins A, D, E, and K. And so we need fat in order to transport these vitamins to where they need to go into our body. So each of these foods provides some kind of function to help the body run efficiently. The goal is to have a balance of all of these nutrients as, again, each one of them has an important role in helping the body function properly. When there is an imbalance of nutrients, we are at an increased risk for developing health conditions. So why is nutrition important? Nutrition is important for many reasons, which of course I'm going to list off. So nutrition helps nourish and feed our bodies, helps maintain our overall health. A biggie with nutrition is it helps prevent or reduce risk of diseases, including obesity and high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, uh, some forms of cancer, cholesterol, stroke, and osteoporosis. Nutrition helps with healing and growing our muscles. It improves our overall on our overall well-being. It improves our ability to fight off illness. There's a lot of immunity in our GI tract, and good nutrition is really helpful for that. Nutrition helps Im- improve your overall ability to recover from illness or some kind of injury. I know many of you have probably noticed that when you have pretty balanced and good nutrition, you're going to have increased energy. And you'll also be able to do better with exercise because it will help kind of fuel your body for exercise. And it will also help maintain a healthy weight. So basically, I don't really believe in like good and bad foods. I believe that everything should be balanced. And we're going to talk a lot more about nutrition in some upcoming episodes. We'll dig into like more a a more comprehensive nutrition information. For now, some guidelines that might be helpful would be to limit alcohol. And we'll talk about that because I know everyone always says, oh, red wine is so good for you, but there is still a point of having something too much. And this is all about balancing. So making sure that we are not eating too much of of one thing and just kind of have a variety of all different nutrients so that we can have a balanced nutrition profile. 
So other things are including maybe including fruits and veggies at, at each meal. Ideally, if we could eat something like three to five fruits and vegetables a day, that's probably better than most people are probably doing. I would eat from every food group to promote balance. Anytime you have any of these diets or anything that tells you to skip a food group, that's probably a little bit of a warning sign. Uh, you never want to like take away one food group. You probably want to always be able to eat a little bit from every food group so that you can have balance in your diet. You want to drink enough water through the day. And just a good rule of thumb is that you drink enough water that your urine is not so concentrated and it's a little bit more on the clear side. It's important to maintain a healthy weight and we'll probably have an episode for weight loss and just weight in general in the future. And then to limit any high calorie items, you know, to promote weight maintenance. But again, we will dig more into this topic in a more comprehensive follow-up episode. And the last piece of this mom trifecta is physical activity. So what is physical activity? The World Health Organization defines physical activity as any bodily movement produced by skeletal muscles that requires energy expenditure, including activities undertaken while working, playing, carrying out housework chores, traveling, and engaging in recreational pursuits. So this is probably things like walking and cycling and doing outdoor gardening and probably any other aerobic exercise, yoga, anything else that you guys are probably doing. Recommendations for physical activity can seem a little daunting, so I'm going to just kind of address them quickly. And again, we'll go through this in a more comprehensive upcoming episode. But the World Health Organization does recommend, have recommendations for adults, and they recommend at least 150 minutes of moderate, intense physical activity throughout the week. So this sounds crazy and daunting, I'm sure, for somebody who, who does no physical activity. But what this basically breaks down into is 30 minutes, five days a week, that's your 150 minutes per week, or 50 minutes, three days a week again, which is equal to 150 minutes of moderate intense physical activity. Or you can do 75 minutes of really intense, vigorous activity throughout the week. The goal eventually for additional health benefits is that adults should increase their moderate intensity from 150 minutes a week to 300 minutes per week. This would be going from 30 minutes, five days a week, to 60 minutes, five days a week. They also recommend muscle strengthening activities that should be done two or more days a week. So again, the recommendations are 150 minutes per week. The goal, the overall gold standard is 300 minutes per week. And that's probably something like walking pretty vigorously and then adding an extra two days a week in for strength training. So why is physical activity important? Physical activity improves muscular, bone, and functional health. It is with improved cognition and memory. I'm sure we all know that it helps with weight management and prevention of obesity. And I'm sure some people have experienced signs of fewer depression and anxiety symptoms related to doing physical activity, better quality of life, and sense of overall well-being. But a big one that I talk about a lot with my patients 
are reducing the risk of disease, including heart disease, stroke, diabetes. There are certain cancers associated with sedentary lifestyle, including breast and colon cancer. And sedentary lifestyle, meaning no physical activity or very limited physical activity, is associated with increased risk of disease disease development and increased overall mortality. So I think we can just kind of talk about the general guidelines of what physical activity is. I think in the easiest way so that it doesn't seem to be so overwhelming and something that isn't achievable is to kind of really just think about what's the easiest thing to do. And the easiest way to do physical activity is just to walk. It's free. It's easy for most of us. Any amount of movement is better than nothing at all. And just remember that you can break physical activity down into different bouts and And just remember, you don't have to do 30 or 60 minutes of exercise all at one time. You can break it into short bouts through the day. So if you have a pet and your goal is to do 30 minutes of walking a day, maybe walk your pet in the morning for 15 minutes and then walk your pet in the afternoon for another 15 minutes. And there you go. There's your 30 minutes. Or if your goal is to do 60 minutes of physical activity, Maybe you break it up that you do 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night, or you just try to get 60 minutes throughout the day. That could even be, you know, four bursts of 15 minute exercise increments. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be all at one time. And I think that's what's, what sounds really overwhelming is to think, my gosh, how am I going to get 60 minutes out, out of my already crazy day to be able to do this? But again, remember, it's just taking baby steps and to do just something, just start somewhere. Even if it's you're walking for 10 minutes, it's something more than you were doing yesterday. So now that we've reviewed this trifecta of self-care, balanced nutrition, and physical activity, what steps can you take today to improve your whole health? Will you commit to starting a bedtime or morning routine? Will you ask for help when you need it, like I still struggle with? Will you prioritize time with a friend? Will you eat a fruit or veggie at each meal? Will you eat one less meal out? Will you stop skipping meals? Will you move your body one day this week, even if it's for five minutes, even if it's for 10 minutes? Will you take a walk with your family or will you add an extra walk with your pet? So I would decide what behavior do you want to change? What is something that you think needs improvement? Pick out that behavior, write it down. And then take out your calendar and schedule which day you will do it. This will help you stick with your plan. And then once you do the behavior, acknowledge how it made you feel and decide, was it something that I would want to do again? And if you schedule yes, and once you do the behavior, acknowledge how it made you feel. And if this is something that you want to continue, then schedule another day on your calendar to make it happen. And if it's not something that you think that you can do, pick something else and schedule that on your calendar and make an effort to try to do it. All of this with self-care, nutrition, and physical activity isn't a one-size-fits-all. It's individualized to you. So what may work for somebody else may not work for you in any way. So really, it's just kind of a trial and error to see what it is that you can improve and how you can do it and what fits into your lifestyle. And in a year from now, it might not even work in your lifestyle. So that might change too. 
but it's just trying to find something committing to it and then just doing it and figuring out how it goes. Remember, self-care and changing your behavior is not an impossibility. It requires a small, consistent change practiced over and over again so that you can achieve the bigger goal of what you want. It's not about being perfect. It's about being 1% better each day. Be kind to yourself, friends. I'll see you next week. If you found value in this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Being a busy woman or mom doesn't mean that we have to give up on our health, wellness, or self-care. Together, we can take tiny, imperfect steps towards creating the whole health we desire and deserve. You can find us at wholehealthempower.com or on Instagram at wholehealthempower. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.